We're back! We're back! It's the distraction of Drew! That's Roth! How you doing, Roth? I'm fantastic, man. My energy level is very high. Very high! So I just want to know, um, or I just have to say that, uh, out of respect for both the Dallas Stars and the state of Texas, we actually have to sing the national anthem before we begin the podcast. Um, that is now part of national law. Otherwise, we will have ruined uh, the distraction's relationship with Texas, where we have stakes tens of billions of dollars in revenue, so it's very, yeah. very important. I've invested in hat futures very heavily, and uh, yeah. I could lose uh, everything. I'm real close to asking you to sing it with me, like for fun, but that <laughs> would the novelty of that would wear off after three seconds. Yeah, it's a very, I mean, I know that you're always looking for more excuses to sing during the podcast. <laughs> it's uh, true. But this, is, this is maybe the one where we, we just agree that it's a good gag, uh, <laughs> that Ken Paxton, the lieutenant governor of Texas, can kiss our grits and then just move on. Well, uh, speaking of moving on, let's welcome our guest. We've got a big-ass guest. It's ESPN Zone, Mina Kimes. Yeah. Wow, wow, she's great. I'm, I'm, I'm Mina. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just spent the last 20 seconds frantically trying to remember the lyrics to the national anthem. Uh, my brain does not retain song lyrics in general, so that would be a tough one for me, and I'd start filling in random words, and then I would be double-canceled, not just for disrespecting <laughs> it, but also, like making it significantly worse just me uh, singing semi-charmed life to the tune of the star-spangled banner trying to make it work i had a revelation i was writing a a novel and i I, there was a a lyric i liked from a song and i put it in there but i got the lyric wrong like it wasn't the actual lyric and then i had a revelation i was like hey that means i wrote it that means it's mine (laughs) like i've found a fantastic little turn of phrase and now it's in the book and it's mine and kasabian doesn't get it ha that was fun. Terrific. Drew wins Mina, again. Mina, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you went to Tampa for the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I was there Wednesday through Saturday. So I left right before the Super Bowl, as is my want. Uh, but I, I got the Tampa experience or what you can get of it these days. I bet you I bet you did. It's like the day after a wedding where they have like a brunch. And they're yeah, like, everybody oh, was- everyone, everyone come hung over to brunch at 11 o'clock. And I'm like, fuck it's you. It's really I'm important out of here. for us it's- to see you. We want you to yeah. look like shit I- and eat a waffle while sweating. I hate the brunch after the wedding tradition, which I it's don't know. It's awful. Has that always been a thing? Or is it just our generation trying to, or is it, I feel like someone, okay, at, at big wedding, there was a meeting and somebody was like, guys. I know we can make this a weekend and add an extra day and make even more money off of people right. with the brunch. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, can it's make... not the same as like the gender reveal thing feels honestly sinister to me. The brunch thing just feels like overcompensating. Like the idea is we had so much fun last night. We never want it to end. And it's like at some point, like the choice between wanting it to end and like sleeping for another 90 minutes is like really like a choice that all mm. adults should be trusted to make themselves. And they're probably going to yeah. opt for the extra 90 minutes of sleep. So I got married during football season um, in September. And uh, naturally, my wedding was on a Saturday. So the Seahawks were playing the next Sunday. And I was like, well, I'm not missing the game. It was like a one o'clock game. (laughs) So I just said, if people want to come here and watch the Seahawks, they can. So my quote unquote brunch was just a bunch of family friends. And then my poor husband's family and friends walking up seeing how angry I looked and then walking away because we lost. <laughs> just the, like uh, hunched did... over a party sub like, in life. Hey, what's up? Yeah, we did like wings. I was like, I'm going to do Did the bottom of the wedding invite have like a tastely embossed uh, 12s on it? Like, just... No, but I did wear a helmet at one point during my wedding. That's all right. That's Was, yeah. it, during, was it during the exchange of vows while you were? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you guys trying to feed each other cake through like an elaborate face Stuffing mask. Stuffing it through the. <laughs> like you, you may now kiss the bride, and you're both wearing helmets and they just clank together. <laughs> like you got to take out a mouth guard and all that shit. It's, uh, it's a, a actual authentic NFL grade helmet too. I'm looking at. It right ooh, now. Nice. yeah. But shows. I think those cost like five thousand dollars. That's my guesstimate on these. It was a gift, but I assumed that. Yeah. Uh, is it reinforced for like concussions? Does it have the Mark Kelso? Uh, oh, the foam. The, the yeah, great the foam. Cap the foam Tupperware. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the no, great No, but when cap. I'm wearing it, I do look like um, who's that cartoon character with the giant helmet, Starboy or something? Anyways, it doesn't fit my head. Is the point? Uh, how was your trip? Was that your only time traveling 
uh, during the pandemic or have you traveled more than that? I only traveled one other time. I went to Bristol, Connecticut uh, for the wildcard round. We did a, our show, NFL Live, did a, a mega cast. We call it a ESPN of the Ravens-Titans game, which was weirdly the best game of the playoffs. So we kind of lucked out. But um, other than that, I've been just taping remotely. And so, yeah, it was, right. it was you know, it was my it was scary and weird. And I took tests before and after and wore an incredibly mockable face shield and I'm, I'm, I'm negative. I just got back my results back, so I'm feeling good, especially uh, right. given the things I witnessed in Tampa. Oh, yeah. yeah, I want to ask you about that Wolf, because Wolf. we just watched Yeah, we just watched the inevitable beautiful boaters parade. We love them. They're uh, so beautiful, to, to, and you see with them, the, there's so many. With, with an absolutely shithouse Tom Brady. It was, such, it was so nice, and it reinforced my theory that he actually does eat strawberries and like eats carbohydrates, and all that <laughs> stuff is just complete so shit. So he had like one beer? Uh, oh, you know, you think he's lying? Sorry, yeah. He had many beers. Like he, many he beers. appeared to be like traditionally drunk in a refreshing, almost human way for Tom Brady. It's very, easily very... the most likable thing. Uh, yes, this is the so most can, I've ever liked him. Yeah. So, can you tell me uh, some of these scarier things you saw in Tampa? While you were there? <laughs> well, you, I don't have to tell you. All you have to do is watch clips from our show, this which is, is true. on a beach. We're on a set, and we're distanced and everything. It's fine, and the crew's right. masked. But behind us. The, the flocks of unmasked tourists in the background waving their hands, which is normally a really fun part of taping at the Super Bowl. Because we always, ESPN often has sets outside and fans can come up and yell, we're right. today. Uh, but this time I was like, Wah! like every every shot you could see, a, you know, a man wearing a, a tank top and flip flops and... Uh, no mask and uh, not the same man to be clear but no it's, it's I'm picturing just a million different versions of Brett Bielema like slightly different versions but not that different <laughs> versions of Brett Bielema yeah. I think uh, I think basically Florida's negligence is its new tourism where people are like like stupid people are like where can I go yeah. oh I can go to Florida I no wish there was a place where the pandemic wasn't real yeah, yeah. Where can mm. I go where no one will give a rat's ass if I just walk around naked like, and like open the tourism, but <laughs> yes. yeah, the uh, whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Like, I want to go where I want to go where freedom is. Uh, <laughs> how did live TV work while you were in Tampa and while you were in Bristol? Like, did you guys have? Because Justin Halpern was with us last week, and he explained how Hollywood Productions had these insane tiers where people working yeah. on a show actually wouldn't even be on the set at the same time ever during the rate of production. Was there a similar oh, thing wow. going on with ESPN? Did you guys have tiers or any of that? No, but now I want a hologram Marcus <laughs> Spears on set with me at all times. Um, no, we, we just get tested before and after, and uh, the sets look different now. I mean, our table for NFL Live is like a Game of Thrones size table. Um, right. You have to yell even more than we normally yell just to like be like, yeah. actually, the Ravens passing game. And then three seconds later, Dan Orlowski hears me. Um, that's something so it, I that's, hope it's never a little changes different. about sports TV is these like those long, like Kubrick style establishing shots from like across the room <laughs> because the table is an entire city block and has five people at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the perspective it creates in group shots is is challenging because Marcus Spears has already actually calculated this like 2.8 times my size. And <laughs> the way they shot it, he was closer to the camera. So it literally looks like even Hodor and Bran does, feels insufficient <laughs> to describe the discrepancy in our size. Um, so yeah, it, it, it looks pretty funny on camera. When When you report to the set, do you have a mask on, and then yeah. they say, "Okay, take it off." Yeah, on you three, wear it two, as you walk in after no. the slate. Are they? Are you wired to a mic? I apologize. This sounds very rude because I, I hadn't seen. Were you holding a mic, or did you have a clipped mic? We do clip mics that are disinfected, and I. You actually end up wiring yourself now, which is different, and has led to some comical mishaps. I mean, but, but, but fortunately. I've been wiring myself the whole quarantine because we've been doing remote tapings at home. So I've learned more about IT than I ever expected. Like I, I'm sitting in my office right now and it looks like an abandoned radio shack. I mean, there's just recording equipment that's no one's used since the 1970s. There's weird mic hookups and different apparatus for you, taping even my sound. But most of it we now do by ourselves. 
Oh, wow, you're a dad now. If you yeah. have just shit from Radio Shack around, you're an honorary dad. This will be great for, you know, depending on... You don't want to say that we're headed towards any type of Mad Max after future. It's too early to predict it. But I do feel like whatever ham radio skills you've obtained during this process are going to come in really handy, like, relative to, like, I'm faster at typing now. But that's that's not going to get me far. The one thing... So I've, I think I've actually gotten pretty good at the text side. The thing I have not gotten good at is the makeup side, which... Um, Ooh, yeah. Is the thing hard. I had to learn how to do at home. And the like our makeup artists at ESPN are fantastic. We're helping me and trying to teach me. But it was like when you're communicating with an older parent and trying to tell them how to do something on a computer where they you're like, no, 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 you don't have to d- click twice on everything. That's like their language to me. They're like, OK, and then put on the foundation. I was like, what what is that? The skin makeup? <laughs> Yeah, the skin makeup and they're like oh my god like it, it honestly they thought i was just a blithering idiot and um the first few times i did it it was rough like homer got or pretty marge got shot with the makeup gun rough but <laughs> i've kind of you put the set on whore but i think i've um figured it out sort of did they uh did they send you the product to use yes okay, yeah so, so they, they so- have like a whole mina kit and they sent it all to me that's good that's nice like yeah i i've been on tv and i've done the uh I've done the makeup chair, which I feel very special, and then I've done the mic thing, uh, where I've I've put in the I've put on the mic myself because otherwise they reach up through your shirt and they feel awkward and you feel awkward because like they can feel they can touch your hairy belly and stuff. And yes. so I was like I was like I'll I'll do it. I'm a pro. I'm old hand and like you know you're you're clipping shit to your collar. It takes five seconds. It's tough when you're wearing a dress. That's yes. a whole I, separate like yeah. and informant level of audio visual involvement. You get it gets taped to your bra strap and stuff. I remember also one time I I had to tr- test out men's uh, makeup for GQ. Like it was like men's makeup <laughs> is a new thing. Men need to like take care of their face. Like it made sense. Like while I was researching, I never wore it afterward. But they gave me bronzer, and I was like, oh hey, this works pretty well. This bronzer, like I look like I'm tanned because I'm I feel the like whitest A-Rod. man on the earth. Yeah. yeah. So I put, I put like one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear some bronzer just like casually, like not for the assignment. I'm just going to wear some bronzer. I found way too much bronzer. <laughs> and my wife, like my wife, like she's like, she's like, are you okay? Like she touched me and she, she showed her hand <laughs> to me. On her. <laughs> yeah. And her hand looked oh, like, God. It, it looked like she had like dug a hand of Churchill I Downs actually... mud. Sat in the makeup chair next to A-Rod once. We were both getting our makeup done at the same time. Wow. Who took longer? A, um, So I took longer because makeup and hair. But it was like oh, the hair. staring at the sun. I mean, yeah. he glows, literally just glows. And his eyes are piercing. Um, so like I was trying not to look at him because he's like, like, there's very few people at ESPN where they're like, you're like, you're so famous. I don't want to look at you. And I don't because I don't want to get in trouble or be weird. Yeah, like make um, it. So I feel anytime I see a famous person at like, I'm just like, I'm embarrassed to be seeing them. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be looking at you. And I just, I don't. yes, yes. It, I went to a wedding once and Hillary Swank was at the wedding and it was like a seat yourself situation. And she just sat down first and it was a freaking like it was like a meteor landing because nobody wanted to go sit next to Hillary Swank. <laughs> so it, you could it literally it was like the cab like a plane of a cabin filling up around like everybody was just kind of forming a semicircle and finally some like brave soul went up like an old lady went up and sat next to her that's gonna suck if you're Hillary Swank like, you'd be like hey yeah, it sounds pretty do? nice actually yeah, I, I to that end Mina you are you are you're famous you're tv famous like when you go out during the pandemic have you been recognized? Have you had to deal with people being like, oh, can we hug and take a selfie? Like, has that happened? Well, so normally, so I wear masks now. You're trying to right. catch me? You're trying to get a gotcha yeah. and no, cancel no, me? No, uh, no, no, no. So, um, which is actually pretty cool because I always look like shit when I travel and I'm like, please don't, no one see me. And now I wear a mask <laughs> so I can just look at sh- like shit and, you know, dwell in it. Um, but in Tampa, that was concerning because people saw us walking to and fro on our set and we're like hey you know Marcus so they knew you were you i mean because yeah, we were literally walking to a television set and back and when people were coming up i was like no like i hillary swank effect please take force because i you know the situation right now you don't want anyone no I forget who you are or who they are i don't care i don't tr- trust no one Oh, oh, I care who they are. I wouldn't want a Floridian within a thousand yards of me. Yeah, someone in a Keenan McCardell jersey. You're like, I don't, whatever it is you have, like, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure that it's communicable and I don't need to play this right now. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the game? Should we talk about the game or is it so pe- far past the game that it's just... 
Except I, for you. Oh uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll ask you. Uh, I think we're we're past the analysis of the Super Bowl itself. Tampa won. They deserved to win. They were the better team. Fantastic defense. Brady's the best of all time. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so what is the fallout after that? Are the Bucks as good as next year as they were this year? Will they be better next year? And then also, was Mahomes' ass-kicking on Sunday a blip on his career, mm. and he'll just resume being dominant? Or do you okay. think it will affect him That's in another a bad term? discourse I've seen Mina uh, participating in on Twitter, or really it being participated <gasps> I, in your direction? Uh, but... I shouldn't. Yes, but yes, but I'm asking it. In I a get participated all over, man, yeah, and I a... I shouldn't engage. And I'm every morning I wake up and I'm like I'm gonna be better than this, and then like literally 35 minutes later I'm like fuck you, Patrick Mahomes is the best QBR yeah. to pressure. <laughs> <time, and that's laughs> replying to like it's... racist Larry and Jay, you're like oh. it's so pathetic. But Monty like, does that. But Monty will quote tweet trolls and 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 own them to hell. But I'm like, man, that's a lot of energy, man. It's a lot of energy to beef. Okay, so I urge you to beef. Uh, okay, that'd be a great so then, McDonald's catchphrase. All right, so then beef because when I'm asking about Mahomes, it's much that's cuter beef. than when a when a when a Twitter egg asks. Is it? Do you have? Do you see any any dip from him as a result of what happened on Sunday? No, not in the minds of anyone with working eyes and a brain. Um, I mean, did you see that clip of uh, the Bucks receivers, Chris Godwin in particular, just losing their shit at some of the throws Mahomes is making during that game? Oh, uh, man, the like, he's a magician. How did this happen? I mean, uh, you know, the level of difficulty, I mean, this has been talked about a million times, for him was utterly impossible, and he still almost made some of the craziest throws I've ever seen in my yeah. lifetime. Now, the other kind of bad faith argument, not bad faith, it's wrong, but stupid argument yeah, I've bad, seen. You say bad mind. Bad mind. Bad brain. Yeah. Broken brain. Smooth brain is what people say on the internet <laughs> well, now. I smooth brain is a, is a raw specialty. You're, you're not supposed to be doing that, though. You don't say that anymore. <laughs> it's okay. You just say it's bad. The other really dumb thing people say is like, well, you know, he was passing up underneath options. No, he fucking wasn't. I've, I've watched this game three times. I think uh, people... Were a little misguided by the fourth quarters because they always just remember the last thing they saw where he was, in fact, passing up underneath options because he had to because they were down 400 points and he was trying to get chunk plays. But for most of the game, uh, like even the quick passing game wasn't working because for a variety of reasons, one of which is I think the Chiefs got greatly outcoached, but also he wasn't just pressured on the run or whatever. He was pressured within almost instantaneously to the yeah. point where it felt like the Bucks were like offsides on every down. So Yeah, yeah. He had I, I no mean, time. It's wild. He's the greatest I've ever seen play the position. And I've spent the last two days going full, leave Brittany alone in his behalf, and I'm ready to stop. Topical, Brittany. <laughs> All right. Well, then how many yeah. more titles can, can or will he win? I mean, not seven. Because there's just so many things have to go right. Tom Brady, like, so many things have gone right for him. But, um especially this year, I think. But I think certainly at least a couple more because, you know, he's got a really good coach despite what happened in this game. Uh, right. And then there are a few key players on Kansas City who have at least a few years left in them, and that should be all it takes. I mean, we found in this game, we discovered the bounds of quarterbacking, which is when you literally have a backup at every offensive line position. Uh, anything less than that, and he can still win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yep. the thing that I thought was so interesting about I mean, about the bad arguments that you were responding to, is it that that attempt to like impose not just like the moral judgments of being like he was being greedy and selfish and flashy and uh, <laughs> hip hop, like all of that shit, like on top of it. But also, like, you really can't in football do all of that stuff by yourself. It's not like so the idea of expecting him to do some like LeBron type thing where you put the whole team on your back or whatever, like, one person no. cannot do the things that he needed to do in that game. And the other failures were so widespread and so varied. Think about all the things that have to go right for a a quarterback to get off a single pass. Your offensive linemen have to hold their blocks. The ball has to be snapped correctly. Hello, Lamar Jackson. Um, You have to, then your wide receivers have to beat their, their man and run correct routes. And then the defender can't like make a crazy play which is not on you. You can't stop that from happening necessarily. So right. it's a miracle. Like it's, and, and all of this happens in 2.5 seconds. And the difference between like in football, a quarter of a second makes a difference to whether or not a play is successful, which again, like you, it's really hard to pick up on in real time. And I think 
yeah, it's like this was the ultimate anti-QB wins game because neither quarterback was the reason why their team won or lost. I mean, it was Brady's best game of the postseason, but all postseason it seemed like it was revealed that Tampa was a much more complete team than any of us really thought. Like, the defense was just loaded everywhere. It was – I was like – by the end, I was like – because the first half – the officiating was just complete shit, and I was like, and I was in full hater mode. I was like, "This is not legitimate. This is not. This is an asterisk." And then by the second half, I was like, You're "Okay, like, yeah, yeah. No. I, which was a relief because I didn't want to do the whole officiating thing all week." You know, I, you know what? I didn't either. I was glad it ended up the way it was because if they had won, if Tampa had won by like a touchdown, and it happened to be the touchdown that they scored at the end of the first half because of the shitty PI calls. Then yeah. I would have been like all salty and annoying. But the fact that they just beat the shit out of them wire to wire made it, you know, inarguable, which was, you know, easier. Yeah. For- mm. You don't have to go back and like, I always do this after teams I care about lose, you know, where you go back and like basically think about how many of the things that didn't happen would have had to happen properly in order for the mm. desired outcome to be reached. And it's like, at some point you're, you know, like if you, dig deep enough into a sufficiently rotten like Mets game, you're like, well, they would have needed to like, this goes back two off seasons, you know, like it can't, this is not fixable in the short term. You know that meme where the guy tips over a thing um, and then like it sets off a dominoes and people do humorous, like, you know, this person was born in 1918. Anyways, that you're right. Exactly. Like to find a way, I mean, you know, the reality is like if the Chiefs offensive lineman doctor decides not to be a hero and Eric Fisher doesn't take this step in the whatever probably has a different outcome. But as far as the haterism goes, I think you really saw how much people have been waiting to shit on Mahomes and how like they've been sitting here stewing. I can't even tell you. And this is, I think, why I lost my mind on Twitter for two days. Like the golden boy fails and ESPN rushes to his defense. It's like, yeah, he's. The best quarterback I ever seen. Like, I'm sorry. If this was Carson Wentz, then you would never defend him. Like, I can't even tell you the amount of if this was Carson Wentz, if it was Josh Allen, if it was Lamar Jackson. I was like, have you ever seen me? I'm such a Lamar Jackson apologist to honestly an embarrassing extent. But it's yeah. just been. Carson Wentz and, and is the funniest one. I know, it's the funniest like, one. What if it was Carson Wentz? I wonder what the final score of the game <laughs> know, might have right. been. Then those, yeah, like the busted screens alone. But yep. the, I mean, it really reinforces to me just how zero sum football is in general. Which is football fans cannot enjoy in the success of anyone other than their team. And that includes individual players on their own team. That includes other teams. That includes, like, they just hate everything but their own team so much. Which is obviously a metaphor for society. But, like, they are just, you know, any success you have. I've been waiting, 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 waiting to kill it. And yes! Yes, here it is, and it's it's like well, that's not actually what happened. Okay, whatever. It's also you know, I might like I must be bummer way to watch. I mean, it's just like it's the same way that everybody yes. everything else is, and like for me, part of the selling point of sports as a thing to pay attention to is that it is not very obviously the same thing as are collapsing politics or culture or whatever, you know, that like you can. <laughs> but it is at, for a lot of these people. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess it's just like that's if if that's all that is in your diet, then, like, that's all that you're going to want to eat. And so are, gonna... are you saying that Are you saying that society should not be reflected in sports, Rolf? Are you saying that see, sports should stick to sports? I do feel... Well, that's actually... That leads me into my bigger point, which is that we haven't played the national anthem, and you said <laughs> that we were going to do it. I had to tell you, I, I felt a bit naive during the Super Bowl because someone in my replies was like, oh, hey, watching Mahomes eat shit gives me life. And, like, I had never... What? I never even considered that. <laughs> that like, never I was occurred like, to me. He's so likable. I know. Dude, what? That he's was like a rare, like, pure, like, he's, like, it seems like a nice guy. I mean, he's... Yeah, I, I, I just really enjoyed watching him play. I'm not a fan of the Chiefs, obviously, but, like, I never had a beef with him, and it surprised well, me that someone would have a beef with It Patty Should Mahomes. it, though? Because I think David... I think it should he not. wrote a piece about... Um, Marjorie Taylor, you wrote that, yeah, right? Yeah. I okay, that was a great piece, and you hey, made thanks. I thought a really good point, which is so much of people's self de- definition now, or the way they identify, is just based on hating other things, yeah. and outrage, and being upset. And I think, in the same way that people log on every day, millions, hundreds of millions of people log on every day looking for something to yell at someone else about, um, a lot of people have that same experience watching sports. They're not turning on a game looking to be delighted and feel joy they want to feel schadenfreude or yeah. anger at the refs or and whatever and 
I think that an interesting question is, has that always been people's experience or is it amplified by the existence of the Internet in the way that you sort of laid out, you know, that's affected our politics and the way we associate with other causes? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's definitely like obviously some element of the I, I'm not going to like actually answer that question because I think the you know, the question is, is, you know, an answer in sort of itself. But I think that there's something about you would do it so badly on first take, by the way. I would, yeah, I just said, I just said, I, the way you just said that, I was just, a, I just tried to, the question in of itself, I just tried to imagine saying that on a production just reality just showed up in a little just, zoom window and muted me. All the, all the production staffs would be so horrified. Yeah. yeah you're Roth, Roth, your, your response needs to start. Let me be clear. Make no mistake. <laughs> and then you go into it. Mina Kimes, you know that I'm sensitive to the collapse of civil discourse, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> the, but I think that like for a lot of that, the way that experience has like manifest for me of late is like fine. It's like what, what Drew was saying about Mahomes is like, I'm just, sh- I'm not shocked that people are shitty and want to feel in shitty, you know, and like angry and all that. Cause like, that's clearly just a way that, that people are. I am reliably confused and shocked by the things that people are able to get angry about. And so the mm. idea of Mahomes, like, escaping five guys and then making a fucking Ray Ordonez throw with his body parallel to the ground that travels 30 yards and hits Tyreek Hill in the face mask. The idea that like you see that happen and you're like, yes, fuck you. I'm glad that that happened. Well, it does not. They're mad that people me. are defending it though. It's not that like, they're not like, it's not just like, Oh, ha ha. It's like Mina Kimes is like, actually Mahomes played pretty well. Fuck you. You know that. I think that's, that's where that kicks in. And that to me is very internet driven. Like, I don't think people had the same feeling when they were like, let's say in the olden times, pre-social media, I would go on TV on Monday and say, Hey guys, actually I've watched this football game several times. Patrick Mahomes played well. The conditions for quarterbacking were non-existent. I don't think somebody at home would experience the same level of anger they do now because now they have an outlet to express that anger. Like it's almost self-reinforcing and it are like, they're looking for things to be angry about because they know that they can, and I say they, by the way, I just want to be clear. I do this shit too, man. Yeah. Like I find myself going down rabbit holes on the internet to feel that outrage, that same feeling, knowing that I can express it. And it's a very toxic feeling I feel within I myself. Also, I well, I never do that. Yeah. I, well, that's not, yeah. I never do it. Ever. I've never built, Sorry. I never even, never even staked my career on it because I think that would be unethical. You're only positive and sensitive. Yeah. That's, that, that's why he's known across the internet as a being of pure light. Hey, let's take a break. We'll come right back. And we're back. So uh, <laughs> I want to ask you a couple more NFL questions, Mina Kimes, uh, particularly uh, one that I've been struggling with myself because I'm an NFL fan. I watched the entire season. And I did the thing where from the very beginning, I was like, well, they shouldn't play the games. And, you know, if I saw a coach, you know, without his mask on, I was like, oh, he's not wearing his mask. And, and you know, if, you know, and, you know, if, 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 test, if test results came in and, and some league access merchant was like, oh, the games are on. I was like, yeah, of course, you're paid to say the games are on. Whatever. Fuck you. Um, but they've made it through all the, all the way through the season. Uh, their COVID infection rate was a fraction of 1%. Uh, you're going to ask me if you're going to go full conspiracy theory on me? No. Okay. Uh, I want to know, should I be... <laughs> say something nice about Roger Should Goodell. Should we be impressed <laughs> that the, man, the NFL managed to stage a full pandemic season Throughout uh, all this, or disgusted with them? I would That's say neither. What did uh, you say? I would say neither. <laughs> hey, now, now you can't be on first take. I can't, dude. I li- there's a joke in I, I heard a first take producer once say that um, they had a, someone there had an inside joke where they would try to get me to, riled up with takes, and they'd be like, Minicon just says, "Well, guys, I can really see it both ways." And guys, I'm only on first take like three times a year, and I think that there might be something to do with that. Um, no, I, I. I I think neither is true in the same way that the real question is kind of like, should we do anything right now? Should we have schools? Should we have, I mean, I'm not comparing the existence of schools to the NFL, but I would say like, right. Th- right. I think sometimes like schools, pe- you can just cancel. Like that's fine. <laughs> well, I would say this. I think some people look at the NFL and they think these guys are like just risking their lives for our entertainment. Well, yes, but also this is a business like that employees, like one, not just the players who, actually wanted their salaries but also many people who work in and around these little companies and that to me is is actually analogous to any industry 
any company. We just happen to enjoy it as an entertainment product. But right. the question about whether or not it's not like, oh, these gladiators are playing for free. You know, it, it, is, it was more just like, should we, this business continue during this? And to your point about like, was it moral? Was it not? Or whatever? I don't really have a, I, I think I feel the same way about that that I do about like any business that actually has people showing up and, you know, going through those motions. Now I will say they had the uh, funds to do it a lot more safely than yes, most businesses. Did. I do think that's true. Um, but I don't think it's a, a, it's a triumph that they did it. I don't think it's a moral abnegation, not abnegation, uh, abomination. Um, I think it's somewhere in between. I think they just decided let's keep this business going and we're going to do what it takes and for John and you can feel grossed out by that. And I don't blame you. It just as like, you can be grossed out by anything, but like, I, I'm not grossed out by that or at least made nervous about it in the same way that I am when I see like a concert happening in Florida yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, because you, I, I do think it was done fairly safely comparatively. Well, but that's, the, the interesting thing is the visibility factor made a clear difference because if the NFL had slacked and not had, you know, very good protocols in place and like half the players died, then that would have been bad. And that has happened with like chicken plants and like other yeah. areas, other non-visible industries where they went out of their way to make unsafe conditions just to force their workers back to work. And the NFL, because they're on television, can't actually do that. Right. So it's almost as if they had no choice but to make it as safe as humanly possible. Otherwise, people would notice. And I, I really think True. the TV thing is the difference there, too. Because it's yeah. like what Mina was saying about this idea that like football players are somehow both like superhuman and less than human in some ways, or just like that they, they want to live and be healthy less than regular people do or whatever. Like that's an old idea. And it's definitely like, I think, at the heart of so many of the NFL's most glaring ethical fuck ups. But it does happen on TV. And the idea that like the people that are working in like a poultry facility or whatever that like are invisible. And I think that there is like the sort the same sort of like tacit dehumanizing perspective is like applied to them. They're just also invisible. Well, and then the, the NFL players like they got they negotiated for like very rigid yes, that testing. Too. That's power. I mean, that's something that those workers at vast majority of places in America and across the world cannot do. And I think um, the fact that they, they do that visibly is meaningful. Plus, we got to see some really hilarious masks on coaches. I mean, yeah, it looked like he dropped a mat, like a napkin on his face by the end. The jockstrap yeah. masks, the face shields. Um, trying the, to think of what the best mask was. I always, you, I like the coaches who just having, did N95s. Reed having the thing under his mask was such a like an incredible, like just a dad maneuver that an actual coach was doing. The idea of being like, well, you're not going to be able to hear me. I'm sorry. It's like, <laughs> it was basically like you knew from that one moment exactly like what it's like to FaceTime with him on his iPad. Oh my God. Like I feel like every week Bruce Arians added like a new accessory to hit like the Immortan Joe style pipes yeah. coming out of his mask. And I enjoyed that too. It's that great Jeff Johnson tweet about him wearing everything that he got for Christmas at the same time. <laughs> Really... I liked I liked the like the the genre of coaches like Matt Rule who like who opted for the face shield clearly because they wanted people to see them pissed on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. That was like, lost. I think there was a game where I can't remember the Patriots were just effing up big time, and I was Bill Belichick did some wild masks and yes, they kept cutting yeah. the sideline. I was like, I really wish I could see Bill Belichick's face right now. Yeah. I understand. It's good that we can't, but I wish... Or if he got one of those... I saw a guy wearing a cop wearing this at the airport in Tampa. One of those masks that's your face. It's oh, I don't, I don't care for that shit at all. I saw that once on the street and it was like... It's like, jarring. Sort of like a they live energy, but like not... Uh, in it's a, like not Buffalo in Bill. Race. Like, it's yes. not okay. Right. I, I, <laughs> and this cop did a smile. But what if Bill Belichick oh. had like a, a grim, like a grim line? I would enjoy that. The Patriots were like hell that. to watch this year, but I really did like Belichick having to... I, I felt like he sort of tweaked his usual performance to make up for the fact that you couldn't see how much he was frowning. So, like, whatever the opposite of, like, smizing is, <laughs> he was doing that to fucking beat the Relaxed band stance. all year. And I wonder yeah. if he's going to, like, back off of that a little bit next year where he was like, well, that was a, that was a bit much. Like, I'll just <laughs> look like I ate something sour now, like I usually do. 
There was one. Uh, there was one game where he legit looked like Birdman, uh, like Michael Keaton is Birdman. <laughs> like, like there was no regulation of the bottom of the mask, and he had the mic under it, so it was sticking out. And I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> Uh, hey, let's play Dead or Cancelled, Mina Kimes. You ready to play Dead or Cancelled? Okay. I don't... All right, how, you, uh, can Give me the rules. Okay, I'm going to give you the name of a person. Oh, no. You have to tell me whether or not they're dead or cancelled. If they're both, dead takes precedence. You got it? Okay. All right. Your subject this week of Dead or Cancelled, Oscar-winning director Bernardo Bertolucci. Is he dead or cancelled, Mina Kimes? I'm going to say both. Italian director feels like a safe both. He's actually, yes, he's both. He's dead and canceled. He's Nailed dead. it. <laughs> You're like, Italian director? That guy did some shady shit. How many of those guys could even be alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy is a scumbag. I don't even have to know anything else. And he was a scumbag, and now he's dead. He directed, uh, he directed Last Emperor and won uh, Best Picture for that and Best Director for it. And he said uh, in his speech that, uh, that oh, Los Angeles is the big nipple. Which didn't make any sense to anybody at all. Oh boy! And he also directed Last Tango in Paris, and that's why he's canceled for directing Last because Tango in Paris because he was a sex creep to Maria Schneider. Yes, he said hey, the big. Oh yeah, so I did read about that. Okay. He got yes. up there at the Oscars after receiving the the Best Picture award and said thanks very much to everybody in the the Big Nipple. Like that was the context. He was like, if New York is the Big Apple, then Hollywood is the Big Nipple, and no uh, one understood a god goddamn. Uh, that feels like when somebody reminded me this last week. Of how I want to say late in Tom Brady's career, someone pointed out that his one of his nicknames on Pro Football Reference was the Pharaoh, and everyone was like, "What? Yeah, I see you, that. you can't make that happen now." <laughs> or like how the Peyton Manning's the sheriff. It was like, who the hell called him the sheriff? It feels like some all, all these athletes have weird nicknames that we don't know about, and then maybe like playoff Lenny. That was amazing. You can do playoff Lenny, but when you look at Tom Brady, you think Egypt. That's just that's yeah. instant, just instinct, right there. It really works in some ways, but it I don't want to get into those ways. Your guy of the week, Mina Kimes, in honor of the Super Bowl was Barry Word. It's Barry Word. Do you remember Barry Word, Mina Kimes? You don't? Yeah, this is probably before your time. How sadly. old are you, Mina Kimes? Don't answer that. I'm, ter- I'm former <laughs> Steeler and former Kansas City Chief Barry Word. Barry oh, Word she- was in the same backfield as Christian Okoye. It was the beefiest of its time. It was so beefy. It was a beef field. Yeah, Are you asking I thought- dead or canceled, or is he the guy? Is dead no. or canceled over? No, 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 no. Dead and canceled. Dead or canceled over. Just, you only do just- one dead or canceled. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah only sure one. Only one. No, the, the back 30 minutes of the show is just Drew naming people, and you have to say if they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners love it. Okay, do another one. <laughs> no, he's not going to do that. <laughs> no, yeah. it's too it's too late. We have to get into the fun bag. But I I enjoyed watching Barry Word play, and that's yeah. all I had. It, a, we just re- like a large shoulder pad icon too. Yes, yes. I liked I liked any guy in the eighties who was just built like a tank, like him and Kevin Mack. Just any Kevin Mack. Yeah. Any yeah. Any seemingly untackleable running back. Hey, it's time for the fun bag. Mina Kimes, are you ready? I gotta give you a tough one to start. Oh, God. This, this is you asking me questions now? They're all yeah, about Bernardo are... Bertolucci. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, my parents dragged me to Last Emperor when it came out in theaters, which would, I was 12 years old. I was not happy that I had to watch all three and a half hours of The Last Emperor <laughs> oh, in the that. movie theater. Reader Ben writes right. in, who are the two most surprising star athletes that were active at the same time? I was reminded recently that John Elway won the Super Bowl the same year Tim Duncan won an NBA Finals, and it kind of blew my mind because Delway is a geriatric horse and Duncan just retired recently. Mina, top of your head, are there two star athletes who are active at the same time that surprise you? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of stuff I saw during the last dance where I was like, ha, huh. there was a few. I feel like yeah. that jumped you also, you can't answer You can't answer Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady because that just happened. So Okay. How about... Um, Frank Gore and Johnny Manziel. <laughs> no. well, actually, I mean, in, in some ways, they belong to different eras. I really like, want Frank Gore Jr. Frank Gore to stick it out long enough for Frank Gore Jr. to make it in. But this I is think. like a slack conversation we've had many times, and people <laughs> always have to like take me aside and gently remonstrate to the effect that like it's not gonna, it's impossible for it to happen. Frank but, like, it a would tough be one, bad. He's for really Frank not Gore. good anymore, but he's also the best person alive. So. Yeah. 
He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. I don't know about shoe in. I think he will get his. I think he'll get his due. Like I think. Yeah. I I know. Like actually, I don't. I don't like the fact that they cap the Hall of Fame for football because this year's class was so loaded that guys like Jared Allen, who might get in in a more fallow year, uh, you know, wasn't able to get in. Yeah. But but like so. Like that cap actually hurts the chances of someone like Frank Gore, but I just I know they do he go like back, the, he goes back on the ballot next year, right? I mean, or is it? Yeah, there's a committee like the football equivalent of a veteran, the veterans like committee a, or whatever era or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so that's how Kenny Easley is a Seahawks safety who uh, he's got in who I like a lot. Um, I had a very unpopular Hall of Fame take on around the or not unpopular, divisive. We're talking about the Kurt Schilling thing, and I I suggested that they let him in but then not let him give his speech which i just think is the funniest possible outcome for kurt yeah. schilling yeah. but oh, people were like you're can't, like free speech i was like oh i really like don't want to this is me being participated on again i don't want to go down this road but can you think of something that would make him more upset than being yeah. let in so he can no longer complain about that but not being invited to give a speech. No, it's I, great. I think that that's, as a prank, that's really funny. Like the idea of people being like, well, look, look at your, like, what are you saying here? Like that Nobody is wants not to hear important. talk. The important thing is that like, you know, whatever, if it was possible for him to go up there to make his speech and then like whatever, Pedro Martinez throws a pie at him. Like that's also good. It's not like, I'm or not the talking audio about whether. audio just cuts out and he's just, and the whole time he gives the speech and the whole time he thinks that it's being broadcast to the world and then later finds out that it was blacked out or the audio was gone. <laughs> he gets By up the way, to, to like give a speech on cancel culture or whatever, and someone with a tuba is just playing behind him the entire time. <laughs> it's you singing the Star Spangled Banner, yeah, but as semi Trump kind of life. Yeah. That's out of respect. By the way, uh, to answer Ben's question, one that I oh. uh, once wrote that uh, that surprised a lot of readers was uh, Johnny Unitas' last year uh, in the NFL. He played for the San Diego Chargers. He was miserable. He sucked. Uh, the rookie QB for the Chargers that year was Dan Fouts. And uh, so Johnny Unitas, wow. uh, Johnny Unitas not only sort of mentored down Dan Fouts, but told him to ignore offensive coordinator Bob Schnucker because he thought he sucked and so basically <laughs> told Dan Fouts to do whatever he wanted. And Schnucker was fired that year too. So that was my funny. One last uh, victory for Johnny U. Uh, Alex writes in, Mina, why is there no United States Olympics? There have to be plenty of filthy rich ghouls out there who'd love to get filthy richer off such an idea. Before you point out the fact that California, Texas, and New York would dominate, my preemptive rebuttal, isn't that how normal Olympics already work with two or three countries hoarding all the medals anyway? Plus, it'd be awesome to see Joe Pantangeloni from Rhode Island randomly dominate a competition, bring (laughs) glory to his quote-unquote state. What do you think of the United States Olympics? I had a similar thought as you, which is like basketball. um, (laughs) What are the sports that you and I? Mostly basketball. I'm trying to think of other ones where the U.S. is incredibly dominant. Not really track. It's not in the Olympics anymore. I was going to say golf, but that's not true. Yeah, maybe we're not that dominant. um, We're not. We covered the Rio Olympics, and one of the events I had to cover was a U.S. women's basketball game. They were playing China, and at one point... Uh, Brittany Griner, who's seven feet tall, was being guarded by a five foot eight Chinese woman. Not even five foot eight. I think I looked it up afterwards, and it looked like like a dad playing like basketball with his like toddler. I mean, no disrespect. I'm sure whoever that woman was, she's like the best in her she country. She was trying her tallest. But Brittany, just... Brittany Griner was just looking down like at her, like this is happening, huh? Okay. Uh, like it. She literally like it. If this woman was sitting next to her on a bench, her feet would not touch the ground. And it was, it, I, it was like the saddest thing I've ever seen. I do like the idea, though, of, I mean, the idea of like the best basketball players in like some whatever, like Mountain West state having to Ooh. play against California's best would be like, <laughs> it's like I, for those yes. who like college basketball and like the NCAA tournament, but um, would like it to not be as like ethically and, you know, like, just creepy all the way down as it is. The idea where you're just like, well, this is just the tallest guy Montana's got. Like, they're going yes. to have to do his best. This would be like California and New York's revenge for the Electoral College. Yeah. Like, oh, here we are. Like, let's, let's, oh, you think you want equal representation, North Dakota? Let's play ball. And well, I thought you'd have better players. You got all those counties. <laughs> it would actually, it would actually work for like, for the more obscure sports. Cause like, think about like, think of all the sports we eat shit in, like luge. And we never win anything in fucking luge. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know because no one cares. So, yeah. but someone would care. 
like like then you would have like you no know, like how many how many Americans qualify for the American luge team like four or whatever and you instead every state has four people and then like mm-hmm. Rusty from South Dakota wins it one year and brings a little bit of glory back home to Pierre. You don't want to piss off these obscure sports people. Like my colleague and good friend Dominique Foxworth, who's a former NFL player, decided to talk shit about handball one day. And the handball people of America, like the U.S. Handball Association, they have been trying to cancel him now for like three years because they're well, still angry about it. Yeah, it's but Mina, be this is a national for them because Mina, this isn't national television. This is a podcast. Not enough people listen to it, so we can just say fuck handball. Come at me, handball, bro. Handball's kind of cool. Do you think that uh, re- like getting people in Florida to try luge is really responsible, Drew? I would love to make Florida people try luge. I think right it would now. instantly become like the third biggest like cause of death in the state. Yeah. <gasps> it would be funny if like a, a, a Florida person encountered a, a luge for the first time and they couldn't do a shot of Goldschlager. <laughs> I was gonna say like Ron DeSantis trying to shake its hand and just repeatedly <laughs> cutting himself. Like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, David writes in, this is the last question, Mina. As I whiff on my five-foot toss of dirty socks into the laundry hamper, I wondered, do you think the NBA's elite shooters ever fail on these basic wide-open shots at home? How bad is the ribbing when Steph Curry airballs his dirty shirt from eight feet away? Does Kevin Durant look around sheepishly when he misses throwing a mushy grape from the trash in the trash from four feet away? Does Harden draw a foul from the stockpot when he misses with a clove of garlic? This is how I feel when I'm at like a bar and someone asks me a sports question. I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, fuck. I'm off duty, buddy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I can't wait to go tell my friends about this. Um, the bigger, the worst is Uber drivers, by the way, because they, this, first of all, you never want to like tell them what you do for a living because they're like, the first thing you hear is, oh, I could do that. And then here come the takes about the 1995 Yankees. And you're like, I'm in hell. Yes. Um, but uh, oh, what was me? The true victim. But um, I I would if I was Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, I would roast the shit out of him if I saw oh, yeah. him miss like an easy shot. Got would it. You? Yeah, I th- I think they're human. I think they I think they miss shots on occasion, and I think some of them have a good have good humor about it. Like I bet Steph probably does. KD, I mean, not so much. I don't I mean, know. Yeah, well, Durant would just like post about it. Like, reply to... I mean, I don't think he's, like, a big confrontational guy in that regard. Can I say briefly the coolest thing I've ever seen a a football player do that was not involving football? So, the aforementioned Jeff Johnson and I, uh, years ago, covered... It was the game where Robert Griffin III's career ended, basically. Like, the home game against the Seahawks in Washington. It was like, oh, I know who who played that. Right, yeah. 2012 playoffs. Some of you may remember it... uh, like <laughs> photographically and go over it in your head every now and then. A little team from Seattle called the Seahawks. <laughs> so Griffin, obviously, as you all know, um, <laughs> you know, maybe better than the rest of us, like hurt his, himself badly in that game, had to come out. Uh, Non-contact injury. Don't blame the Seahawks. It was FedEx yes, field. It was right. Blame fucking Kenny Chesney or whatever. Cause like whatever Snyder had to have there be like a concert on the field, like immediately before the game. <laughs> I don't remember if it was actually Kenny Chesney. I don't want, Chesney, the Chesney Navy it's, to it's uh, right. bury Chesney me. Chesney Navy and the Luge heads are going to come yep. together. <laughs> the Ches Hives. I always knew this is how it would end. But <laughs> so Nationwide we, insurance will have your ass. We were in the locker room after the game. Like, just, you know, we weren't even, like, we weren't really writing, like, a reported story. We were just kind of, like, you know, watching stuff happen. And Griffin was taking his tape off his, his ankles and stuff, and nobody was really talking to him yet. And I guess Jeff saw this, and I didn't. So he takes all the tape off. He balls it up and just like throws the tape perfectly across the locker room into the garbage. Ooh. Jeff is the only person that saw it. Griffin fucking winked at him and then just went back to doing what he was doing. Oh, that's cool. And I I believed at that moment that like it would be impossible for Robert Griffin III not to make the Hall of Fame. That there was was after the injury. Yes, after the injury. Like, so Lord knows he's just like aloft on a cloud of like opioids at that point presumably like as he should have been because it was a really bad injury uh but it was like i figured if you could do that that you could kind of do anything but this is again like a testament to the power of uh just how bad daniel snyder is that like he managed to ruin a guy that could do that shit at like the worst moment in his career i'm just glad rg3 didn't break his collarbone on that throw yeah 
Hey, uh, Brandon Nix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario asked for a mashup this week, but I'm sorry, Daisy. I don't have one on oh, hand. Yeah, we're out of she, time. I know. We're out. <laughs> She's our executive <laughs> producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code, wait for it, distract. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to Defector.com, too, while you're at it. And don't forget to listen to Mina's podcast, the Mina Kimes podcast, featuring Lenny, available wherever podcasts are. And follow Mina on Twitter, at Mina Kimes. On Twitter! I almost put a dot com on the end of that, Mina. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and thank you for coming. Yes, and congratulations. We're so we're so happy for you and your new husband. That's so cool. I'm not that new. I got married like five years ago. Yeah. Oh, all right. I, well, well, congratulations <laughs> on, on the helmet that you have. Oh, that was an old story. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I was this like, is like the time we met. David, do you know this story? This is oh, yeah, story you got, about Drew. You got. You got. Oh, you already know it. You already know I don't, it. I don't know this. Oh, okay, you got to tell the story. So uh, Drew and I were internet friends, like most people in media and um he sent me his book this was uh the first book he wrote i think it was post-mortem or the hike i can't remember which mm-hmm. okay the hike it was the hike because i read one it. of my many tomes so i, I just it. can't i read it. Yeah. so many it was it's, it was really i sat down i get sent books all the time and i read probably like 10 percent of them sorry and yep. i sat down and i read it from like start to finish because i was like this is like really it, you know it actually interesting thank <laughs> it's you not about like some non-fiction anymore. anyways so yeah, drop the hammer now. There was some uh, Deadspin Awards, maybe I want to say it was the Deadspin Awards. Sixteen was it, it was the like... really the really hot one? Yeah. There oh, was it, one uh, of the Deadspin Awards. It was in an incredibly small mean, and hot space. Yes, he means, tem- yes. yes. means temperature wise. Yes. He doesn't mean like no, like, no yes. I don't mean yes. like I don't mean like. I thought you meant like sexy. Oscar I was like, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to the Deadspin Awards? I was wearing I was wearing okay. a slit dress. Lager it was very, it was yeah, very so lascivious. This was it. was in like the Lower East Side. I remember yeah. that. Anyway, yes. so there was like an after party at the bar, and I, I had your book, or maybe the, the book was there or something. There were a bunch of them at the party. That was there how I got of them my at copy. The party. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. Um, I didn't work at Deadspin yet. I just took the book, got a drink. I like, saw it. So Drew and I actually had to correspond about the book because I was like, "Oh, this is great." I'll tweet about it or something i don't know we had emailed or something so i went up to him at the party and i was like hey like i was holding his book hey i was like hey it's so nice to like finally meet you and he was like oh would you like me to sign this <laughs> he thought i was coming up to him to ask for an autograph who should i make it out to kid i did not know who mina was <laughs> that's true i i I was like, oh, I was like, oh, another adoring fan. Well, I'd be happy to sign your. It's embarrassing Um, how this keeps happening. And everyone was like, you idiot piece of shit. I feel like I had a more embarrassing way to tell that story, and the way I ended up telling it, I sound kind of self-important because I'm like, you don't know who I am. No, I I need to rethink the. No, no. First time I told it, everybody just dumped on you for an hour. Oh, Mina, trust me, Drew came off terribly in it. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, (laughs) there's there's no real way to tell that wrongly. my my natural assiness will, will shine through. Thank you, Mina, for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, will you come on again sometime? Anytime. Oh, we love it. Not we actually love it. anytime, but a lot. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, right. Because tomorrow. Once. No, all right. All right. We'll see you next week's guest, Dan McQuaid of Defector. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.